Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be starting a second parak of Masechah Yoma, and the Mishnah begins in the very top of Daf Chaf Beis Amad Aleph, and the aftermath of the tragedy in Meiron. Uh, we have in mind uh, all those families uh, of the lost, and Bezrat Hashem, we dedicate our learning to the Eliyot Neshama of Chaim Zev Melinowitz, as always, and... Um, and also in this uh, on this day, we also certainly recall all those neshamas and our thoughts and prayers are with those families. And amazingly, our most sobering dafyomi uh, coincidence, but very coincidental, the topic of the Mishnah is about. Um, but it starts with the words Barishona Kol There used to be a practice where the Kohanim had a race, literally, as the Mishnah will describe, as to who would do the very first mitzvah of that day, the very first, I don't know if I should call it a mitzvah, the very first avoda of that day. And uh, they they had to change the format with which they did it because um, because somebody got hurt, as follows. Because it got physical and somebody got hurt, as follows. So if, what it is, first of all, listro mitzvah beach. so... It becomes relevant. It is technically, it's it's like what we're doing, right? We get up to learn at an ungodly hour, right? So, is this the first thing of the day, or is this really a night activity? <laughs> so, the true masadeshin, right? More often than not, the, we're doing a night activity. I don't I don't know if we've ever seen the sun through the windows at this hour. Anyways, true masadeshin was the same thing. It was a thankless task. It's a kind of like chimney sweep, right? You're, you're sweeping off the ashes from the night before. Uh, it was not a glamorous task by any means. And so that's why, I bring that up, because that, uh, the Gemara discusses, is why they actually set up the race to begin with. They said, you know what, anybody who wants it can take it. Nobody is, nobody is, uh, nobody is bidding for the, for the honor of, of cleaning up the ashes from the night before. Um, it's technically separating the ashes, but it's the true masadashan. It's cleaning up from the night before, getting ready um, to set up the Mizbeach. And so at first, they thought, as the Gemara will soon describe, that nobody would come. So they said, you know what? First come, first serve. Whoever wants to do it, could do it. It's like, who wants to have the honor of being the first one in shul? Right? In Bnei Jacob Shari there is no contest. Because I've been here at, I've tried to come at 5.30, 5.20, 4.30, 3.30, 2.30, Andrew is here. So I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but um, so, so it wouldn't be uh, in his day, uh, when, when we build it uh, soon, it's not going to be a contest either. It's just going to be Andrew there cleaning it up. But be there as it may, that's what they used to do. Then, sure enough, just like Bezat Hashem will happen here in Shear, it became uh, so crowded with so many people, so they said the following. We're not just going to say whoever first come first serve. We're going to have a race. Ratzin ve'olin ba'kevesh. This becomes uh, this becomes actually important in the Mishnah, in the Gemara rather. That they used to run up. They used to have a race up the ramp. Okay, the the ramp to Mizbeach. That thirty-two amma ramp is the ramp thirty-two ammas long. Not exactly. It's from the base to the Mizbeach on the floor is thirty-two ammas. Ah, but it's nine amas high, so it's a hypotenuse, Andrew. 
Pythagoras will tell you it's about 33.4 almost long. Anyways, so how do you figure out that a squared plus b squared equals c squared? That's genius. Anyways, it was Masha Yumerubin, Rutsin Volum Bakevish, they would run up the, the ramp and call Hakodam es Chaver Arba Amos. And now, whoever got there is the finish line. And whoever got to that finish line first was going to be Zacha. Was going was uh, going to win the privilege of doing this avoda. Now, where is this Arba Amos finish line? In other words, you have to you have to go into the four Amos. The Gemara will discuss which four Amos this is, but that's where the finish line is to this race. And whoever crosses this finish line first, Zacha Zachalo. He was the one that gets to do this avoda. What if you have a a tie? Be mayu a photo finish. Be mayush name shavin hamemuna omer lahem hetzbiu. Okay, so there's a photo finish. You play 20 finger, 21st finger, is it? Umahen motzien, achat oshtaim, one or two fingers. Literally 21 uh, one fingers, is it? Ve'ein motzien agudal b'mikdash, and you're not allowed to cheat by using your thumb. This is getting um, wild, right? It, obviously, because the reason why you can't use your thumb is because the thumb is the classic way to cheat, and 21st finger, is it? Is it? Yeah, I put out, I put it out, you just didn't see because it's my thumb. Okay, anyway. So, Maisha, it's, I don't know if it's literally 21st finger, is it? Because I don't think they, they, uh, they count 21, but you get the idea that they're counting fingers to see, uh, who gets to do the schus that way. In Israel, they do endendino sofalakatino, but, um, there's, there's other ways to do this. Anyway. Maisha, your name Shavim. So, there was a Maisha one year, and the Kohanim were at a photo finish. Ruts and Olin Bakevish, they're going up the ramp together. The Dachov Echad Mehemnes Chavero. And one of them, he got physical, pushed the other. But Nafal Venish Beraglo fell and broke his leg. The Chaven Shero Bezdin Shabainli De Sakana. And once they saw that there is potential danger in this, his Kinu Shalo Yutarmim, some his Beach Elabephias. They shut it down, their format. They changed it. They said, we're going to have a lottery. And only that one individual who wins the lottery is going to be doing the avoda of the Trumos Hadeshen. Um, okay, so now, Arba Payasos Hayusham, and by the way, the Mishnah says that there were four lotteries there, Vizeh Payas Harishon, and this was the first of the four. Now here, there's a Machlokas Balamor and Ramban, as to whether this entire Mishnah is talking about every day, right? Because Trumos Hadeshen was really done every single day. So that would make sense when you, when you say that this is the first pious of the four, because it would make sense to do the other as we will discuss. The Gemara will discuss what all the four lotteries were. But those four lotteries only make sense in the context of every day, because um, they don't apply really to Yom Kippur. Um, the Balamor says that this is every day. The Ramban says, well, what do you mean? We're learning Masech Yuma. So this is, must, must be talking about Yom Kippur. Well, most of what we're going to learn isn't going to really matter it's uh, uh, how you learn it, whether it's, you know, it's going to be true and instructive for every day as well as for Yom Kippur. But it happens to be that on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol is doing all the avoda. So the, since the Kohen Gadol is doing all the avoda, there is not going to be the other three, pi, there is not going to be the other three lotteries because he's doing all of those avodas. Happens to be that Truma Sadeshin might be an avoda that you could also, that the Kohen Gadol will not do on Yom Kippur. Because as we said, the Kohen Gadol, interestingly enough, he's not the one singing Kol Nidre. The Kohen Gadol only does the avodas of the Yom. We know that when it comes to Karbanos, the 
Laila Holech Achahar Yom, even though in Judaism we have the night before, right? Last night was the 36th day of the Omer, and so today is the 36th day of the Omer. However, the double chai should be, uh, should be a schus for all of Klal Yisrael. We should hear good news and tidings um, and, uh, and Yeshua's going forward. Um, but, uh, but the Kohen Gadol, so he didn't do uh, that avod of the Truma Sadeshan necessarily because, well, he didn't do it because the Truma Sadeshan is really, as we discussed, considered technically, and the Gemara will now get into this, the avod of the night before. And so really he's only doing the morning of Otis. He's going to do the very next one right after Chuma Sedeshan. But it's still a big deal to do the one right before the main event. So it's still a big uh, schus, but that one could go for a pious. The rest of them are not going to be uh, done by lottery because the Kohen Gadol is going to, in fact, do all of them. Okay, so now we'll resume with the Gemara. The Gemara asks the following question. Why didn't they do a lottery for this in the first place? In other words, why did they let it get to the point where it was dangerous? What, were, what, what, was this, what was this reasoning of setting up a, a scenario where people could get hurt? So the Gemara answers, Me'ikara savor. at first the Chachavim thought, that since this is the thankless job at an ungodly morning hour that's really more like night, lo chashiva lahu. The, no, the Kohanim won't be considered important. First of all, you got to get up early and it's really, nobody's around and nobody can see it. It's in the middle of the night. No, it's, there's, no, there's no covered to this. And therefore, they're not going to come. And so they figured they'll say first come, first serve. And some Kohanim that are super from will show up and then, and then that's it. Now, it came on the Chazud the Kasu, but then they saw people did come and they, and they started to get crowded. And it started to get dangerous. So that's when they made the lottery. That's just the way things happened. That's why they had the race in the first place. And that's why they made the lottery uh, to, to, mod- to modify that. Says the Gemara, Very interesting question. There was another night of Oda called the, a, the uh, burning of the limbs and the fats of the Korban Tamid, which was an Avodas Laila. And they knew right away that that was going to be a problem. In other words, that never had the history of having uh, crowds uh, uh, pushing on the, on the ramp. That was always done by lottery. So why was the Ivarim Ptarim done by lottery from the beginning, the Chachila, where, whereas the Truma Sedeshin had to, had to change to a lottery format uh, only, only once somebody already got hurt? So the Gemara says, Sof avodadi amamahi. That, no, that actually, that's not considered a Laila avoda. That's considered an end of the day avoda, like an evening avoda. So why does that matter? Because the assumption is that that's still a prime time avoda. You still a big kavod. People are still around. So Gemara says, nami so, But, you know, prime time is considered the day avoda. That's the, that's the point. So, so the bookends are dusk and dawn, right? So the early morning one was Truma Sedeshan, as we we're discussing. The evening one is the Evarim Fdarim. So why did the Evarim Fdarim need a lottery? So we say the Truma Sedeshan was also Tchilas Avodah Yimamahi. It was in the beginning of the day, just like the Evarim Fdarim was the end of the day. So still we don't know why would it, one would have a lottery to Lechatchila or not. So we say, the Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kidesh Yadav Lishruma Sedeshan. This is just Rabbi Yochanan uh, pointing out that really it's avodas ha 
that really it's a vodas hayom to do the true masadeshin. And that is demonstrate, illustrated by the fact that if you, if you do Nagelwasser for Truma Sadeshin, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to wash your hands again to do the Tchila Savoda. It would be like us, right? In other words, when we finish our Dafyomi Shir, do we have to like go and say Berchas Shachar and do Nagelwasser like it's, like it's Shavuos night every single day? No. In other words, you already did Nagelwasser. And so it's like we're, we're, we're semi up. We're considered up at this point. We're considered awake. And so, uh, we've already washed our hands. And so that means that technically right now, Andrew, it's, it's Monday. In other words, it's morning. This is considered a day already for better or for worse. <laughs> Andrew's confused. He's looking outside. I, I don't think, I don't think anybody told him that the sun rises and sets yet. Don't tell him. It'll ruin everything. Okay. So the Gemara says, Ema shakvar kidesh mitchila la'avoda. So the Gemara answers, by the way, a uh, little detail here. When it says shakvar kidesh mitchila sa'avoda, makes it sound like Shuma Sedeshin is part of the avoda. That's not exactly it. The Gemara is saying, shakvar kidesh mitchila la'avoda. That even though the Shuma Sedeshin is not exactly the, um, the avoda of the day, it's, it, what Rabbi Yochanan meant was that it precedes the avoda of the day. So much so that if you wash your hands for, for, for the Truma Sadeshin, it would still be considered sort of like a segue to the Avod of the day. So it's not exactly uh, uh, an indication that it's a daytime avoda, but it is at least um, the, the source of the halacha is that it's a segue to it. And so that's what the statement of washing your hands means. And therefore, it doesn't really uh, satisfy the idea that it's a Avod siyam, And therefore, maybe that's part of the reason why it's considered different than the right than the avoda of the avarim uftarim because it's 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 really more nighttime than the avarim uftarim. That's one possibility. But the Gemara says what we may have uh, uh, intuited ourselves by saying right lo asu paisa. So. The other way of saying it is like this. The Chamin thought that, listen, this is really, really early in the morning. So since in the morning it's harder to wake up, uh, people aren't going to come because early morning is not prime time the way evening is, right? Like evening is prime time. Early morning is really like uh, not for the faint of heart. And they thought nobody was going to come. So came the Chazu Da'asu, right? So once they saw that they did in fact come, and so much so that they came in numbers that were, became dangerous, that's when they made the pious. So to that, the Gemara asks, What do you mean? Well, in the evening, there's also people sleep in the evening. And yet, the Rabbanon made a pious. So the Gemara says, No, shiny migna mimekam. This is, this is the part we could have intuited. What's easier? It's easier to stay up late than it is to wake up early, isn't it? Waking up early is hard. Staying up late, that's easy. In fact, it's an Isayan to go to sleep early sometimes in order to wake up early. So that's exactly all the difference. That, of course, every, anybody would wake, would stay awake to do the Hekter Ivarim Fedarim. That's easy to do. To wake up early for Truma Sedeshan, that's already harder to do. And that is the whole source. That was the whole point of the Hava Amina that not, not anybody was going to show up. May we who wake up early to, to learn be zoche in the schus of that and the Truma Sadeshan to see, uh, Bracha and Hatzlacha and Yeshua's. Okay. So now we're 14 lines up from the bottom on Chav Bezim Aleph. And the Gemara asks an interesting question. 
L'hach gisa havai. He says, wait a minute. Is it true that the reason why they made a pious was because of this whole danger aspect? After all, takanta l'hai gisa havai. Surely that takana of doing the pious was for the following reason, the Tanya, because we have a brisa. Misha zacha b'trumas adeshen zacha b'sidu marachov b'shnei gezirei eitzim. this is why they had to have a lottery because there, in fact, was it was not as thankless a job as you could, as you thought. It was in fact associated with tremendous chus. What was this chus? Remember, if you're the one that's doing the trumas adeshen, you're clearing off right the ashes from the mizbech, and then. You're about to do the fires of the new day. And so that individual, who were a few days off of Lag Baomer, but that is the one that builds the Madura. The one who cleans off the ashes from the day before is the one that gets to build the wood of the pyre for the next day. And this privilege of the Shtei Gezira hates him. I mean, basically, you're setting up the fires for the whole next day. That's a big schos already, right? That's the guy, without you, they can't do anything. That's the guy that's getting the whole fire started. And that is a part of, as the Brisa says, that is part of the avoda of the Trumas Adeshen. So that already is a big schuz. So for that, they should have made the pious from the beginning. So the Gemara answer is, no, no, no. This is why they had to, this is, this was really the history of how it worked out. Amar Vashi, Shte Really, there were two Takanas. Meikara Savur, Lawasu. At the beginning, they thought nobody's going to come because it's too early. Came the Chazu Takasu. Once they saw the people did come, but also Namile De Sakana. And they saw that so many people did come that it was dangerous. So Takinu La Paisa. So that's when they made a Pais. Came the Takinu La Paisa. Once they made that lottery, then Lawasu. Sure enough, it became very unpopular, and people really Taka didn't come. Why? Because Amri, because what do people say to themselves? Me, Yema de Misramilan? They said, I'm going to show up at 5.35 a.m. just to be in a lottery and then, uh, where I'm not even necessarily going to get the avoda. For that, I'm not going to get up. In other words, if when it was first come, first serve, Andrew was Johnny on the spot. He was the first guy there every time. But once, but to enter a lottery, Andrew wasn't going to haul himself out of bed. For that, he's not interested. He, he's, he wants to, he wants immediate gratification, as we've discussed many times. We're going to talk about that. So he says like this. So, right? So they said, so, so, so to get the, the schus, they would come early. But to go, just be part of the lottery, they're not going to bother. So that's when, that's when they made the takana, that they added, right, some, they added, uh, extra cover to the truma sadeshin. Avoda by tacking it on to the avoda of putting up the the wood and setting it up and making it thus much more chashuv and then so once they added those extra schusim and kavod the kohanim did want to come even if it was going to be by lot they came early and the schus of doing the truma sedation and the setting up of the pyre was a big schus indeed it was enough to get enough people to come uh, with the lottery and that is the history of that avoda. Fine. So then the Gemara says two lines, uh, two dots, five lines up. It was Man Shayumirubin. That when they went up the ramp, okay, so now we're going to talk about where was the finish line. We said that the finish line was four Amos. When you got to four Amos uh, away from where, says the Gemara. The Gemara says, Amar Papa, Pshita li Arba Amos to Ara Lo. Well, it's obvious that it's not, okay, so again, where would you put, we could even think about it outside. They say, 
Okay, the finish line was four amas off of a certain part, a certain demarcation line. So, so we're just saying it outside. Her papa says, well, obviously it's not the foot of the ramp because the Mishnah says that they ran up the ramp, that that was part of the race. So, so the four amas can't be four amas from the foot of the ramp, can't be in, in the middle because it would have been, they're, they're, we would have been told that there's a finish line somewhere. So it's probably at the upper edge. That's what we could have thought intuitively. For whatever reason, the Gemara's Rav Papa spells it out as follows. Pshitali, it's obvious to me that Abra Amas Da'ara Lo. That's not four Amas away from the beginning of the ramp because it says, Ratzin Ve'olin Ve'olin Tanan. It says that they're running up the ramp. Kamaisa Nami Lo. Kamaisa means that the first four Amas of the ramp itself. That's obviously also Ratzin Ve'olin Ve'kevesh Tanan because there too. Right, obviously... It's not, in other words, it's not four amos, what this means just, it's not four amos away from the beginning of the ramp, and it's also not the very beginning of the ramp, where the finish line is four amos into the ramp, because that would also mean that they're not running up the ramp. And then we read, whoever got there first, the baini baini namilo. So, that could also not, uh, and then we read that whoever got into the four Amas first, which is just another way of saying that they clearly were running up the ramp. Okay. Now, the Veni Veni Namilo, in other words, it can't be right in the middle of the ramp. Why? Deloma Simon Milsa. Because we don't have any Mesechas Midos. It doesn't say, and this was where we drew the finish line with spray paint, right? <laughs> On the ramp, right? There's no, there's no Siman of where this finish line would be, so it can't be there. Yeah, it's Pashat that it's right next to the Mizbeach. So that, I agree. I think that is Pashat. However, it's not as Pashat as you think. Because in the last line over here, it says, Boy, Rav Papa, Aha. This I also kind of am not buying it so much. Because who can even see this? But what it means is as follows. That if you're going to say that the race is until the Mizbeach, and so whoever comes Daladamos within Daladamos of the uh, beginning of the Mizbeach, I can understand that. That makes sense. And that's a part that you can see. And certainly that would all make sense. The only problem is the Mizbeach itself protrudes. Look, turn to Chafbeiz and Bez. If you don't have an art scroll, you're not going to see what I'm talking about. So that's a plug for Rav Chaim Zemlunas Wetzal and the art scroll. You could see on the, um, in the art scroll over there, the visual there. You see the dotted line? So the Mizbeach had a couple of areas where it protruded. First of all, six amas up, um, it kind of was indented another ama, but also we had the sovev, right? The circular, uh, the circular, uh, ramp around. Whereas we've discussed already last week, when the Kohanim would do the sprinkling of the blood, they would walk around a ramp around the Mizbeach, right? And so this ramp itself had a thickness and at the point of where the ramp was, right, where the main ramp was coming from, right, the ramp coming north, going up from the south up to the north, northwards toward the Mizbeach, that main ramp, um, where it intersects the circumferential ramp that goes around the Mizbeach, the circumferential ramp is about two amas thickness off of what we would call the top of the Mizbeach as you get to the very top. This is all a long way of saying there's an indentation like a wedding cake, like Lahavdil we said, and also a ramp. So there's a two amas point of the circumferential ramp, and then there's another indentation of one ama. And so the finish line, in theory, if you're going to say the finish line is the Mizbech, 
Well, if you look from the top view, cross-section, it could be that the Mizbech starts two Amos earlier than where you see it when you get to the top. That is, in fact, what the Gemara says, that maybe it's uh, one Amma, right, right? It says, Does this finish line, right, of four Amos away, does it include the two Amos of the Sovev or not? So, in other words, are, is the finish line four Amos away from the actual top of the Mizbech that we can see? Or is it six Amos away? Because it's not really counted from the top of the Mizbech that we can see, but rather from the portion of the Mizbech that juts out that's below the ramp that we cannot see. To which the Gemara responds, Teku. We don't really know the answer. Good question, of Papa. If you were to ask me, this is how I know I'm not Mashiach. Because I would have already answered this. I would have said, it's obviously it's four Amos from the Mizbech that you could see. What's the point of a finish line that you can't see? But that's why I'm not Mashiach. Obviously, there's Svara to it. Um, I guess if you could estimate four Amos away, then you could also estimate six Amos away. And maybe Mizbech is just literally Mizbech. So, I know, we'll figure it out. The real Mashiach will, will, will reveal this. Okay. Next part of the Mishnah. Okay, what's with this 21 first finger, is it? So now we're going to get to the point of, you can't count, right? A minion. Um, you're, not, you're not allowed to count Jews. And we're going to get to Shaul HaMelech, and we're going to get into a lot of life lessons from Shaul HaMelech. Tana, So the Bryce said that the Mamuna would say, all right, everybody take out your fingers for, to count. So the Gemara asked, Why are you counting their fingers? Just count the Kohanim. So Yitzchak, right? Because what they did basically was count the number of Kohanim, and then they would do. They would say, "Okay, so we have we have uh, fifty-five guys here. Let's do a lottery, and then number uh, seventeen wins, and then he goes up to do it. So count the number of guys. Why are you counting their fingers?" So Yitzchak, this is a support of the idea of Yitzchak. Also, Yisrael Dvar You're not allowed to count. Uh, do a head count of Klal even if it's for Mitzvah, with regards to Shalom Melech, he counted his troops in Bezek. Now Bezek in Israel is the phone company. In the Tanakh, it can be a place, as we will see, but in this context, it, they say that it means pottery shards, that instead of counting right, the, the troops uh, doing an actual head count, he basically said, put your pottery shards or your jelly beans in this jar, and then he counted up the jelly beans to see how many there were. So Maskif Laravashi, uh, Barry remembers uh, President Reagan. So Maskif Laravashi, Mimai the high Bezek, Blishna de Mivzaku. How do you know that Bezek, so that as we said, Bezek can mean a, a bunch of things. How do we know that it means shattered pot, pottery? Dilma Shema de Masahu, maybe it's the name of the place. And we have precedence. The Bezek is the name of a place. They found Adoni Bezek in Bezek. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, it, it makes sense that Adoni Bezek would hang out in Bezek. That was the name of a place. Shaul had all the people counted through what? The number of lambs. This was a different. In other words, the Gemara's coming off of this Bezek, and now they're bringing another source. The other source was when Shaul, <coughs> right, um, was counting his troops in Shmuel Aleph, he said, everybody take a sheep uh, 
and then we're going to uh, put all the sheep in a wide area and count the sheep, and this is the first incidence of counting sheep. And when they counted the sheep instead of the people, that's how they knew the number of people. So 10 lines down on Chafez and Bez, Amar Belazar, uh, Rashi, Ve'ev Kedem Betlaim, what's this, what's this the last wide Rashi? Four lines down. Tzom lakachas kolecha tle mitzon ha-melech, Tzivam, sorry. Tzivam lakachas kolecha tle mitzon ha-melech, Uvao lemercha v'nimnu atlaim. This is how he described it. He, uh, Shaul made it tzava, that everybody should take one, like we said, one sheep, and, and Rashi points out, as the Gemara will now discuss, he says, take a sheep from my flock, and bring it out into this wide area, and then we're going to count the sheep. This seems like a very unwieldy way to do it, by the way, because sheep are mobile. <laughs> so how are you counting these sheep? It's, it's anyways, uh, it would be easier with an inanimate object, I would think, but the Gemara points out to say that this is going, it's going to go on to say that this is, in fact, the sign of wealth, that the king could just say, yeah, count sheep instead of rocks. Um, but be that as may, let's talk a little bit more about the Isser of counting people. So Amar Belaza called Amones Israel over Belav. It's a real love to count, uh, do a head count. By the way, we're going to see uh, one of the only two Averos that are attributed to David Amelech was that he did a head count. It was like a giant Avera. Uh, it was considered, he was like this Nisayan, he couldn't pass of, 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 of wanting to count Kalal Israel. Anyway, Vayamisbar B'nei Israel Kechol Lo Yimad. Right, it says that the number, the number of Klal Yisrael should never be counted. This is the source of the love that we're to be so numerous in Oshea that will be uncountable. So it's taken as a, as a commandment to not count us. Amazing. Of Nachman Bar Yitzchak Amar over Bishnei Lavin, that there's really another source, and they're both true, says of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, our valedictorian from Masechus Pesachim, that they're both true, and therefore you're over on two Lavin. Shneemar Lo Yimad, Belo Yisafer. Pesach says not only is it, imad is really moded, medida is measure. We're not measurable or countable. And so by counting, you're both measuring and counting and you're over two lavin. Unbelievable. Rabbi Yonason Rami. Rabbi Yonason thought that there was a contradiction to this Pasuk. How so? Because right? As famously we say, that we're going to be as numerous as the granules of, of sand in the sea. Aha. And at the same time it says we're immeasurable. So which is it? The sand of the sea uh, the, the, is technically countable because it's finite, and yet it says that we can't be counted. He sees it as a stira. So the Gemara did, does not answer what I would have answered. The Gemara says, Lo kasher. Kan bizman she'israel v'rosin r'tzon shalmakom. Kan bizman she'ein r'osin r'tzon shalmakom. The Gemara says, when they're innumerable is when they're doing the Ratzon Hashem. When they're finite, like the grains of sand, is when they're not doing the, fin- the, the Ratzon Hashem. Uh, okay, another solution. Rabbi Amar Mishum Rabbi Yossi ben Dosai, Dostai, lo kasher, kan bide adam, kan bide shamayim. No, that, in other words, one Pasuk, when it says it can't be counted, like the sand of the sea, that's talking about human beings. And the other one, when it says, uh, it's talking about human beings who cannot count it. But Hashem can count it. So for Hashem, it's countable. Right? So, the truth of the matter is, today we can count just about any number of finite things. We could theoretically count the grains of sand if we wanted to, but nobody would do it. I would have said, no, lokasha. Like, the sand in the sea is a totally uncountable thing. It's supposed to mean infinite. Like, we're, when we're given a bracha that will be as numerous as the sand in the sea, that just means you'll be so numerous that it's, nobody would even bother counting it. That's what I, that's what I would think is pasha pshat. Um, 
But, you know, maybe you can see shades of that in, in uh, Yossi ben Dostoy's answer. That really just means that we're innumerable. Anyway, don't, you shouldn't count Jews, as we'll see. This is a error. So now seven lines up from, like, the middle-sized lines. We're going to talk about Shaul HaMelech. Amar Rav Nehilai Bar'idi Amar Shmuel. Kevin Sheismane Adam Parnasa Latzibor Mis Asher. So this idea that Shaul HaMelech was actually counting sheep instead of, like, rocks is a sign that he became very wealthy. And, in fact, when you become the king or the leader of the community, you become wealthy. How do we know? Because the psukim go in a sequence that what happens is it starts with counting pottery shards, and then later you see he's counting sheep. So obviously it's good to be the king. He did well. The Gemara says, well, maybe he counted sheep by saying, everybody just bring your own sheep. How do we know that these Sheep are, in fact, the king's sheep. So the Gemara asks him, Cain, my revusa de Milsa. Well, if he said, everybody bring your own sheep, why would that be noteworthy? So I would say, well, it's still noteworthy that they're bringing their own sheep, but that Gemara assumes that that would not be worth, noteworthy. That what's noteworthy here, that the reason why they're telling you that he counted it via the sheep is to highlight the wealth that Shaul HaMelech had amassed and therefore, that is how we know that it came from his own flock. And that is a source for the fact that when you're the king or the leader, that you become, right, um, there's always uh, side benefits. You could start doing, um, sh- uh, I shouldn't say, like shady deals with China and all these other countries. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you could use your power and your stature and your recognizability uh, to, to, towards that end. Is that what it means? Um, or maybe it just means it's a schooler that you become wealthy. Whatever it is, let's talk about Shaul. Once we talk about King Saul, turns out he was a big tzaddik. Thank you, Dan. And, um, and yet he did have this episode with Amalek, which becomes very, very famous. Haftarah of Parshas Bishalach, I think. And, um, and let's read about it. So Vayar of Benachal. It says that there was a contention in the Nachal. This was a fascinating uh, dilemma, that a moral dilemma that Shaul had. A fascinating idea. The Iske Nachal here is the issue of the river. What's the issue of the, of the valley or the river? It's that of Egla Arufa. Ravmani is going to explain. This follows. Right? At the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Shaul HaMelech, he says, go kill, go perform a genocide on Amalek. Go kill men, women, children, flock. Go perform a complete genocide. Amar, Shaul responded, are you kidding? Genocide? Really? Is that, is that, is that real we're holding? Is that the Jewish idea? This is the issue of Nachal. Because we know that when you find a hobo, a random person, a corpse of a person in a city in the middle of nowhere, we have the procedure of Egla Rufa, where we take the animal right to the river and the elders of the city, depending of the closest city, they make a proclamation that says, Halavai, we could have saved this person, right? We, 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 we wish we could have saved him. We didn't do this intentionally. Our hands are clean of it, but at the same time, we feel such sensitivity to a lost soul, random, faceless, nameless, anonymous soul in the middle of nowhere, and we have such sensitivity to one human life as is evidenced by the mitzvah of Egla Rufa. 
says the Shaul HaMelech to, to Kaddish Baruch Hu. So I see the sensitivity to every human life. And you're telling me to go perform a genocide on innocent women and children? How? This is an entire, right? This is an entire nation. How can you ask me to shech them in cold blood? Vim Adam Chata. And let's say the men of Amalek sinned. Behema machatu, did the behema sin? The imagadolim chatu, katanim machatu. If you can tell me the adults sinned, you can tell me the innocent children sinned? Yats the baskol ve amrlo, a baskol just came out, Shemayim Hashem says, through a baskol, al tehit sadikarbe. Don't be too firm with this. I'm giving you a tzava. Don't start, um, right, imposing your ideology here. I'm just telling you a tzava. Uh, as, as Rabbi Tzvi Halenschlit always says, a from is a goy. Sometimes, if you get caught up in, uh, in it, then it's not, it's connected the Ratzon Hashem. This is a very, this is a very powerful and, um, and interesting uh, lesson, right? It's like the lesson in the sense of the Akeda, right? Avram Avinu could have said, to Baruch Hu, to kill my own son, and the whole point I thought was legacy and all this. But when Hashem decides, if you know now, we don't always know what the Ratzon Hashem is, but if you know what the Ratzon Hashem is, that is what determines your actions. Conversely, so you could see this is such a great um, insight that when you go with your own agenda and your own sensibilities then often you could be too much of a tzaddik or too much of a rasha, too much of a ratza, or too much of a rasha. That is why they say, you know, try to focus on what the halacha is, what the ratza Hashem is. If you infuse it with your own agenda, you are always going to stray. You could stray to be too much of a tzaddik or too much of, of a rasha. Both of them are oh, straying from the, from the ratza Hashem. So I think what the Gemara is implying here is that the same, right, we could say it's coming from a good place, but the same sensitivity that Shal had for a malek, it was coming from the same place where he had the rishus for what? For the Kohanim. Of what happened with the Kohanim of, of, the, of the city of Nov? Well, he was told by Doeg, right, that there were Kohanim and there was Lashon Har there where, um, where David HaMelech had gone to seek asylum. This was already when David HaMelech was emerging as an adversary to Shaul and a threat. Shaul and, and David had actually kind of tricked the Kohanim there by saying that he was there on behest of the king and he should give him stuff. And Doeg went to Shaul and said, and, and, and so sure enough, the Kohanim of Nov helped David HaMelech as right illustrated in in the Tanakh, and then and then Doeg tells Shaul Melech that no, that this was a conspiracy. The Kohanim were helping David and conspiring against him. To which Shaul reacted by killing all of those Kohanim of the city of Nov, a complete shechting of those people. So to that, you shouldn't be too much of a Russia. So of course you shouldn't be too much of a Russia. Of course you shouldn't kill. Why should you? Uh, why do you even need a baskel for this? So what I'm saying is, maybe this analogy, this comparison is in fact uh, very telling. That just like it, you could be too much of a Russia, you could be too much of a tzaddik, it just means it's the same thing. It's coming from the same place. When you infuse or impose your own agenda uh, on top of 
what is really the Ratzon Hashem, you can, you can sway away from the Ratzon Hashem. And whether it seems like it's for a good or a bad cause, in all cases, it really is just swaying off the path. And one who is prone to sway off the path in one way, at the same time, is going to be uh, prone to swaying off the path the other way. We know that fascism it often comes, like you say, communism comes from a place of tremendous sensitivity, right? Because we want everybody to be able to be equal. Uh, you know, we're not going to get political, but the point is, how, where does it usually lead historically and politically? Andrew's rolling his eyes, so I'm just going to move on. Amar Avuna. Let's compare the sins of Shalta to the sins of, of David. Amar Avuna. How, how you can be spared from sickness and worry if Hashem likes you. What does that mean? Hashem, if Hashem helps you, because Shaul only did one aver in his life, and it was held against him forever. And David David two two averos, and it was not held against him. What do you mean two averos? So uh, we're going to get you know we know famously we said it already in brachas. We say it later in Avodazar that anybody who says that David sinned enoel it's a it's a mistake. So as we said then, we hold that when the, the, that means that if you focus on the sins of David Melech, so then obviously that's the wrong focus. The focus should be that just like David Melech was able to do tshuva, and that we will see now. The big difference between David Melech and Shaul was David was ready for tshuva immediately and did a complete and full tshuva. Shaul, as is consistent, he was a big tzaddik, and as is consistent with what he was uh, saying with regards to his hesitance to perform a genocide on Amalek, right, he Im- imposed sometimes his own, um, his own agenda, and, and he was similarly a little bit slow, a little bit slow to the tshuva. He eventually did want to do tshuva, but it's, Hashem is looking for immediate recognition of the need to do tshuva. So here's how we're going to see it. And, and, and as a consequence, right, when David Melech did immediate tshuva, so that kingdom will last. David Melech Chayvikayam. Shaul, who did tshuva a little more slowly for these averos, um, in fact, had the kingdom taken away as follows. Shaul Bachas, what was considered his avera? Mahi b'maisa da agag. We're calling the lack of killing uh, all of Amalek the sparing of the life of the king agag. Okay. What about the fact that he shechted all the Kohanim of Nov? So there, says the Gemara, It's true that that was also an Avera, so we didn't really mean to say that he only did one Avera, but we did mean to say that already by the time he spared Agag's life, the kingdom was already taken away from him, which is to say just that one Avera on its own merits, so to speak, was enough to have the kingdom taken away because that's where Hashem says, I regret that I gave Shaul the kingship. Now, what are the two sins of David uh, mentioned here? David Bishtaim, my Ninhu, the Uriah of the Hasasa. Well, Uriah, we know, he put him, uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, in the front lines in order to kill him so that he could uh, be with Bathsheba. And Hasasa, what's the Hasasa? That is, as, be, as said before, the idea that he wanted to take a census. That's such a serious Avera, that he wanted to take a census of, of Kal Israel. We see, we shouldn't count. So the Gemara says, Hasam, Hasam, um, we say, the Gemara says, wait a minute. In that case, they already punished him. Nasan, who was David's personal Navi, told David that just like you took, right, Uriah had only one thing in life, his precious wife. So, and that he, the analogy is that she was his lamela, right? She was his only sheep. So he said, you took the one sheep of, and you had plenty of sheep to choose from. You took one sheep from Uriah, you will lose four sheep. What was the four sheep that he lost? The quadruple uh, 
uh, uh, punishment that he got. So Yeled, first of all, the child born of that union with Bacheva was a stillborn. Amnon, uh, his son was Amnon, and then Tamar. So his son, uh, first of all, he violated his sister Tamar, which was another one of his children, and then he was killed by, in fact, Avshalom, Ve'avshalom. And Avshalom uh, ended up killing Amnon and also ended up rebelling against David and ended up also dying in that rebellion. So plenty of Tsaras came to David. Uh, everything that a Baruch does is Mida connected Mida. And just as Nasan said, this was going to be the punishment for the, what happened with Bathsheba, and therefore he should have already been absolved as such. Um, the Gemara then says, Hasam nami parimine. Okay, but he also was, um, uh, got a punishment for the senses. Why? There's a huge plague in Kal Yisrael from, as a consequence of the senses. So the Gemara answers, No, there, the punishment was on Klal Yisrael, perhaps, economically, on the gross national product, but not on David's physical right body itself. To which the Gemara says, What, the, the stillborn in Amnon, Tamar, and Avshalom? Yes, he had Saras, his children never died, and it was a terrible calamity, but he didn't suffer physical torment from it. To which the Gemara says, um, No, in fact, there was punishment on David's body for this, David. David, in fact, had Saras for six months. And he was a real pariah, right? The Sanhedrin didn't go near him. The Shechina wasn't with him. May they return to me. is right. The Sanhedrin. Basically, he wants to return to life. For six months, he was so punished that for six months he was ice mensch. And he was Mitzorah, and, and even though he was the king, he, it's actually, um, we see sources that even it's reduced, the number of the, of the years that David Melech was king is reduced by these six months when he was like out of commission. And he wants to be restored, that joy, David Melech is writing to Hillam here, and he's asking for redemption and salvation from this terrible, uh, deep hole that he was in. So now the Gemara asks, were, these were the only two David, uh, of heirs of David Melech, what about when he um, accepted Lashon from Mephibosheth? Um, so the Gemara answers, So we hold like Shmuel, who holds that David, in fact, did not accept that Lashon from Mephibosheth. Uh, Mephibosheth had told, um, it, it wasn't from Mephibosheth, it was from, sorry, sorry, the um, uh, Tziva, the, the slave. It happened to be Yonason and David had a pact, as you recall. And David was going to Right, make sure that none of Yonasan's children was going were going to be harmed. Now Mephibosheth was one of Yonasan was one of Yonasan's children, and uh, however, there was also a slave that was a charlatan, and he tricked David Amelech. He said to David Amelech that Mephibosheth can't wait. This was during the marriage of Shalom. He said David Amelech, uh, can't wait to reclaim his father's Shal, right, the, the kingdom of Shal for himself. David believed this lashon hara, uh, according to one shita. And, and thus, he, he promised, he, he, was, he was tricked, and he promised the slave that he's going to take away everything from Mephibosheth and give it to the slave. Anyway, the Rav, Nami, Damar, Kiba, Lashonara, Ha'iprimine. Punishment was still taken from him, Damar, Viyud, Amar, Rav, Vishash, Amar, Lodavid, Mephibosheth, Amar, Tiatav, Tziva, Techokus, Asadeh, that he was going to give Tziva the Sadeh, Yatza, Baskal, Varamala, Rachavam, Biravam, Yachalkos, Amalchus. At that point, the heavenly voice said, that there will already be at that point a split of the Malchus date of it as well. So we resume tomorrow, nine lines up from the bottom on Chav Beis Amid Beis.
Ja, Ach, Tee. 